Welcome to the Physician Wellness Lounge hosted by Dr. Yashoda Baskar, who is board certified in internal medicine and a diplomat of the American Board of Lifestyle Medicine. She is also an ICF certified life transformation coach and a certified money coach. This podcast features physicians who discuss wellness and balance within and outside of medicine. It covers a wide range of topics around this theme with some wonderful advice and practical tips that you can start incorporating right away to improve the happiness quotient in your life. We hope you enjoy this episode and please subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you listen to it. And now here's your host, Dr. Yashoda. Welcome, Dr. Biki, to our podcast today. I'm so happy to have you on as a guest. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Um, Amelia, I would love for you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your journey through medicine and what you're doing right now. Thank you. I'm an osteopathic physician and my specialty is neuromusculoskeletal medicine and osteopathic manipulative medicine. So I went for as many syllables as I could find and chose my specialty accordingly. And I've been in clinical practice since 2007 and I've served as a residency program director. I've been in a group practice. I was solo, solo for a whole year and that was a really interesting experience. And then most recently I was in kind of a group conglomerate where we all had our own practices but we shared space and staff and helped cover for one another. And then in March, March 16th, 2020, uh, my practice closed, I can do a PPE preservation order. And I'd been kind of in this space of like, this isn't what I'm gonna be doing forever. And so I took the invitation from the universe to step into that. And since that time, I have been working more in coaching and also mirroring those administrative skills and experiences I had before. So I began by hosting almost a support group, you might say, of fellow colleagues in my specialty who were in various stages of closure. So we met weekly, you know, for those first few months of the pandemic, just saying, you know, what are we doing and what kind of national support do we need and how are you reopening your practices? And at the same time, I was also going through coach training, life coach training, and really seeing my approach to medicine reflected very strongly in coaching principles and decided just to really step fully into that. And so I've been running coaching and CME courses for physicians and also leading a group of physician coaches to bring coaching to all institutions of medicine at the student, resident, faculty and medical organization levels. And that's really been a journey. It's hard to believe it's only been a year and also that it has been a year, you know, all at the same time. Yeah, great work. I mean, I'm sort of familiar with some of what you've been doing and it's just amazing how much you've accomplished in such a short time. Um, Amelia, tell us a little bit more about the magic of coaching. Yeah, well, what really spoke to me was that it really reflected the osteopathic principles. So even in my practice in medicine, patients would often come to me for pain and I used hands-on treatment. And so they were always thinking that I was fixing them. And I had this really hard time with that because I wanted to say, no, it's you fixing you. You know, they have the inherent healing capacity. That's one of the core tenets of osteopathic medicine. And when I got into coaching, I heard that reflected in the very first moment, right? Like the task here is not to give people the what or the how, it's just to show them that they have the answers. And so I said, okay, good, right? This is what I've been doing. And now I have a name for it and here's a space for it that actually had some more freedom for me than the clinical practice of medicine. And what I most appreciated about it 
was that even some of my patients, and so I did start seeing patients via telemedicine, which was unusual because again, they were very much used to a totally hands-on experience. And we began to actually dive into some of their pain complaints and history. And because we didn't have that in-person engagement, they began to hear some of what I had been saying all along in a different way. And they tapped into that internal capacity. And again, not at all diminishing the work that we do use hands-on, but it was a totally new and broad experience. And so it showed me that there was room for that evolution. And then also working with fellow physicians, especially in you know the student and the resident space where we're coming through training to be able to adapt to some of the principles to know your own inherent worthiness and value and the uniqueness you bring. I think especially for med students, right? They do all of this work building up their application and getting into medical school and then kind of leave it at the door. And so to be able to say, no, bring that with you, right? That's what we need in medicine. And you have value from day one, you know, that you're here in this space. That's been the most powerful part of coaching for me. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. It seems like it is such an important part of training per se, because it's almost counterculture when you think about it. In medicine, we are told how we are expected to behave, what we're supposed to do which is good, we need frameworks, we need boundaries, we need that to train to be excellent physicians. On the other hand, it also seems like it cuts out parts of us that can be valuable, that can be gifts. Um, and we, we can't not have this conversation without touching upon the topic of burnout. So tell us a little bit more about what you have found with your work, as well as with your research, about the connection between burnout and coaching. Absolutely, and like many of us, you know, I had my own experiences. As I mentioned, I was in a number of different types of practices. And when we hear that kind of history, it's because right, we're looking for something to help fix the problem and make it work, you know, to find what the match is going to be. And like I said, for me, the alignment actually was stepping into that space where I could really live the osteopathic principles more fully and coaching helped me with that. So that's such an interesting, space to find that. And as far as burnout is concerned, it looks so many different ways. And that's what I have found in my work, both as a residency program director and, you know, as a colleague, but as a coach, especially that burnout doesn't always look like not showing up and doing your work. For me, I was the person showing up and doing all the work, right? Seeing all the patients and saying yes and joining the committees. And so all of a sudden it was like, nope, you know, there's no more left to give here. And so reminding physicians that doing those check-ins and noticing, are you still aligned with your core values? You know, does this still feel right? And there's a difference right, between work that's just hard work, you know, and your, your muscles are tired at the end of the day versus work that's hard work and it's icky and it doesn't quite match, you know, and it feels like it's grading and really being able to differentiate between that because physicians can power through, right? That's totally possible, but we don't have to, right? And there's times, again, we can do some heavy lifting and reap the rewards and there's times that it's just not right, you know, it's just not the right match. And so reminding physicians of how they can listen and look for burnout in perhaps unexpected ways and that there are solutions and, and real solutions and solutions that don't require the system to change. And I wanna be very careful when I say that because absolutely, right? There's much to be changed in the systems of medicine. I just finished the Osteopathic Health Policy Fellowship. So I'm very you know, strong about advocacy in that space, but right, systems change slowly. Yes. And so that to know that there's relief available while, right, while the systems are kind of catching up, I think it's so important because it can feel really futile at times and hopeless even, but to know you have a lot of solutions within and, right, there's room to make meaningful change in the system is a powerful combination. 
perfect, so well said. I see so many physicians becoming coaches or adding it to the repertoire of stuff that they do. And I, I think there's something really special about that combination. Because when I step back and look at it, we've sort of coached along the way, maybe not quite in the framework, but like you were saying with your patients, there was an element of coaching going on. And the fact that you and I and others have walked this path of going through burnout, just not feeling like being in the right place, brings that sort of empathy that you, that you may or may not get with a non-physician coach, for example. On the other side, though, we are known to be very sort of independent. We pride ourselves exactly like you said, we're very hardworking. We can soldier through, through things. When is it a time maybe for a physician to say, I need help? Maybe it's not so bad or not, not in the realm of like counseling and therapy because, you know, you and I know that's, that's a different, it, it's a different field in a way. When and how can they start looking at, maybe I do need somebody in my corner. Maybe that does need to be a coach who is also a physician. Mm -hmm. You know, in general, I like to think that like everybody can benefit, you know, that's the feeling I have around it. And what I like to notice too, is who uses coaches and physicians, right? Are high performing individuals. They have high expectations. And if we look at the high performers that are, you know, in our view, we see athletes, right? High performing athletes. And they have many coaches, you know, for all different reasons. A tennis star, for example, might have seven coaches, you know, for a forehand, a backhand, you know, footwork, strength and conditioning. Right. And so just remembering that coaches don't have to mean that there's a problem per se, mm -hmm. but that they can help see you where you are and help hone those skills. That said too, I do see, you know, fellow physicians as coaching clients for burnout and run a CME course specifically for that. And so also noticing like this can be a way to both treat, but also prevent, you know, practice what we preach and use preventative medicine there. Some of those challenges that are kind of inherent to the profession. And so noticing that, so we can see where we align, right? To have support and prevention. That's one approach you can take to be a high performing individual and take advantage, right? Of having that perspective of someone who can see the greatness within you and help you kind of pull it through. Those are some ways I think it's helpful for physicians to be willing and able to tap into that. And I would say the trainer, trainees, excuse me, and the students, you know, they're more apt to step into that, you know, and they have a little bit more perhaps of that growth mindset or particularly in this time, you know, med school is so different right now because we yeah. can't meet in person and rotations are different. And so there's a, a lot more openness to the idea of coaching and what that might bring to development and supporting their abilities in the practice of medicine. Yeah, beautiful. And also it doesn't quite carry that I hate, I hate that there's st still stigma around like, you know, mental health issues, but honestly, that's still there. Choosing to go and have therapy and counseling, which I absolutely 100%, I, I know you and me both encourage that if we feel there's a need, but with coaching, it just, it seems like such a more positive, it's, it, it puts you in charge, right? It's kind of like you feel like I'm in charge. I can take care of these things because the answers are inside me and my coach is just there for me to bounce things off and keep me accountable. This podcast is about wellness and balance. So let, mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about that, Amelia. What kind of um, coaching tools do you maybe provide your clients with around the whole idea of wellness and balance? You know, the one thing that seems to be coming up a lot, and I've noticed this trend even more so recently, and I think it's reflective of you know being in this pandemic state for almost a year now, is giving physicians space to identify actually what they want 
you know, and that word can have a lot of connotations. It can feel like what I want is not important. You know, I have everything I need and, and to actually step into a space and say, you know, what do you actually want? You know, and it's okay to notice that and it can, but it doesn't have to mean material things necessarily, mm -hmm. but just knowing, you know, how many hours do you actually want to work? You know, what is sustainable for you? And I think that's really the biggest space because we've been trained again to just do what we're asked, you know, and not in a necessarily following orders way, but from that oath, right? We're honoring this mission and vision that we have for the practice of medicine. And there is space actually, right? For both to exist that, you know, the need that is meant to be served for patients and what physicians want for their own sustainability personally and professionally. And so that's a conversation that I navigate most frequently across the board, you know, at all, all stages of training and practice. What do you say to people who say, Amelia, that's great. I only want to work X amount of hours, but my work, you know, they're short staff. They really need me. I can't say no. I feel like I'm letting my colleagues down because that's a tension point right there, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And like most things, right, we start to weigh it out. You know, it's like kind of what do we want more and what do we want more for right now? And that's an important thing too, is to know that there's always, you know, a temporariness to life, which sometimes can be intimidating because we've often been told like right physicians have job security and that's been challenged. You know, yeah. we live in one space for a long time and we're seeing that's not happening. And so remembering that temporary doesn't have to be a bad thing. It just means, right, maybe for this month, right? Mm -hmm. So for this month, my high want is to support my practice the best I can. And that means I'll pick up these extra shifts. And at the end of the month, I'll decide again. And I don't pretend right, that there aren't some spaces, you know, contractually where we might have obligations, but at the same time, we can still choose them, right? We still choose to honor them. And so getting clear on what I want and then the timeline, right? So I want this, you know, I want to work 20 hours a week and I want to be able to travel X, you know, weeks a year. And maybe I want to be able to accomplish that within three years, you know, so putting some practicality along the timelines. And again, those answers are coming from the physician themselves, right? Not from me. I'm helping ask the questions, foster the conversation, help them see that it's possible. And then we begin to put those pieces in place. Okay, so what would it take? You know, how much money would need to be in the bank in order to do that? Or what conversation would I have to have? And how would I need to feel to have that conversation? And so we put all those pieces together but knowing absolutely what you want. And that's okay for it to reflect what is needed right now. We're in this acute situation. And so you might say, okay, I'm willing to put this on hold, right? For these three months and then reevaluate and remembering that. I think remembering that we can continue to come back and choose shifts that tension point, you know, to say, okay, right, I can breathe through it for right now. And then I'll redecide again when that time comes up. Yeah, great, great points there. Um, it is about empowerment at the end of the day a lot of burnout, I think, and I think you agree, and we all agree, is because of that sort of, sort of sense of loss of autonomy. And the one thing that was positive in my job, I'll tell you, was they allowed us to do our own schedule. Mm, <laughs> and I was a amazing. schedule maker for our group. So even though I worked at the hospital, as we swore we would never do the seven on, seven off, you know, so it let us kind of it, it, it allowed me to extend my career longer than if somebody else had been controlling my schedule. So it could be just some simple things like that where you step up to the plate and say, hey, how can I help by doing it this way? And then, and then kind of having the rest of the team be part of it. So you, can, you have some way of being more imaginative and mm -hmm. um, figuring out how, how we can all work together, I guess, as a team. So um, what other kind of things come up? Like, are there some, some common themes that come up in coaching that you've been able to sort of work your clients through? Oftentimes it is kind of remembering that past 
itself. You know, like we talked about the students, it's so near. And so if they can keep that with them as they move through training, that can be helpful. But remembering, you know, what do you enjoy doing and what are those identities? So I love working through an I am exercise and we do it first with roles. So you might be, you know, I am a parent, I am a daughter, I am a physician. And you put all those on there and just see like how many can you come up with? And then we do I am as far as descriptors. So it might be I am kind or I am conscientious. And, and sometimes it might be those words that maybe aren't as favorable, but we try to work on you know, those things that we appreciate about ourselves and see if we can make connections within them. Or again, see maybe which one might be in need of some more attention. You know, Some might be caught in the shadows and it might be time to bring that I am you know, role more forward and see what it would take to do that. So that's when that's really helpful because I think, again, we get stuck in this I am a physician space and everything else kind of just has to yeah. move aside and to find a way, right, to bring it in. And there's always that nice vision like of the wheel, you know, so it's like, how do we make a spoke for each of those roles? Yes. And we're going to give more attention to one at certain times and that's okay, but remembering, right, those other pieces. And that's also part of the solution for burnout too, is to be able to go there, right, to say, okay, like for today, I'm a musician mm -hmm. and actually I'm just going to lead into this and spend some time either listening to or playing or writing music or whatever it is that rejuvenates you and notice how that actually can help support, right, the I am a physician role when you're going back to that, you know, the next time you head to clinic. Wonderful, beautiful. I love that. I, lo I really love that exercise. It's so, it's so cool just examining all the different facets because at the end of the day, we're still human beings. <laughs> we're mm -hmm. human beings before we're doctors or mothers or anything else. Um, uh, Dr. Biki, can you touch a little bit about your um, endeavor to bring coaching into institutions? I'd love to hear a little bit more and I think our audience would be interested too. Yes, and this has been a mission of mine for many years. So I've owned you know, a website and had these mission statements of you know, cultural revolutions grounded in humanity and love and the tools were a little bit lacking. You know? So I look at the osteopathic principles as guideposts and that's been great, but coaching has been kind of the tangible way to start making a lot of these shifts. And then seeing that in many places, many systems, coaching again at the executive level is a known entity. And so seeing that kind of inroads to make it possible to be able to shift the culture of medicine by using this tool that's been accepted in the business space, because at the end of the day, we're still operating with bottom lines, you know, as one of the drivers. And I happen to have been, you know, in a cohort of coaches who were going through, or physicians who were going through coach training and there was just this kind of off the cuff conversation, like, man, we really need coaches in all the hospitals. And I had been, you know, in my corner kind of working on this, I, said, I know, and we just put together a meeting and then people showed up and then we met again the next week and people kept coming back. And then we looked at different projects and we found again, to me, the osteopathic principle of removing obstructions. So what was getting in the way of putting these programs forward? And for me, like I said, I enjoy administrative tasks. And so helping a physician perhaps write a proposal or you know, coaching them through the, the thought work around <clears throat> heading in and speaking to a CMO or a CEO or crafting a proposal entirely and going with them and presenting it. So just finding the ways that would help streamline that process you know, and help facilitate that were the work I was doing. And then just meeting together and brainstorming, hearing from one another, being, knowing you'd come back the next week and have something to report. And we just saw this you know, motivation growing together. And so we have been working since July, you know, we have programs now, right now we're running in five different medical schools and we're looking at institutional program coming up. We have a residency that we're talking to and other coaches have started, you know, in their own hospitals or in associate hospitals nearby coaching programs for physicians and APPs. And so it really is taking off, you know, in some ways you think like, 
it's slow, but then I think about, okay, this has only been since July look what's already <laughs> happening in this space. And the collective has been the best part, you know, so we meet each week and we talk about, you know, successes, strategies, challenges, and we know we also want another to call upon. So when you need a workforce, you know, that's also primed. And so it's been a really fascinating experience. And I have found that CME can be helpful. So we have a CME kind of flagship program that's 12 weeks long, gets 24 hours of one a AOA and AMA credits, which is important to me as an osteopathic physician. It can be hard sometimes to find those one a credits in a meaningful sourcing, especially right now with all the conferences canceled. Right. And so we have that available. So it gives teaching, it gives group coaching, and it gives one on one coaching. So physicians really get to kind of make the most of that situation. Beautiful. Such practical ways of, of tackling this issue and normalizing coaching, making it more freely available or easily available. And just like I said, normalizing it because we do need support as physicians, as residents, as medical students. Um, and it's a beautiful way, I think, to, to have a space where you can be with somebody who you trust and you have 100% confidential conversations. Um, and that's how you're going to flourish and stay in medicine longer. So I, I love that. It's great. So um, Amelia, it's been so wonderful. Tell our audience where they could find you. They wanted to reach out to you, know more about your programs. Thank you. Yes, this has been great. And thank you for this work and bringing all of these amazing resources together. So you can find me a couple places. This Osteopathic Life, I have a website, I have a Facebook page. That is my Instagram account, though. Notably, that's one of the lower use platforms. I'm working on that as I come through. And there's also a podcast by that name, This Osteopathic Life. So you can tune in there as well. And then coachingforinstitutions.com. That's the website for those programs. Should you be interested in bringing coaching to a medical school, a residency program, a hospital healthcare organization, or a medical association? So those are great places to find me. And then this osteopathic life at gmail.com is my email as well. Wonderful. Thank you again, Dr. Biki, for taking time out of your out of your day to do this. And I think we are here all to just support each other and keep medicine going and flourishing and uh, just being here to support physicians um, and, and to remember to take care of ourselves before we try and do all the big things that we do for the world. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Always better together. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you.